Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. This week, we discuss how the changing investment landscape, higher interest rates and stubborn inflation is influencing Barclays Wealth strategic asset allocation. With Maya Welford, behavioural finance expert, Paul Wesson, senior quantitative strategist, and Jean-Paul Jaegers, Head of Asset Allocation. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Word on the Street. Just a few years ago, most investors were used to low inflation and zero interest rates. Fast forward to today, who would have correctly anticipated the surge and stickiness in inflation and the levels of interest rates we see now? Often on this podcast, we cover the current events and developments, but today we're zooming out of the noise and we'll be focusing more on the bigger picture, how to shape your portfolio strategically. Given the change in the investment landscape in recent years, it feels like a good moment to take stock on how that changes your portfolio going forward. To help me with this, I'm joined by JP Yeagers, Head of Asset Allocation, and Paul Wesson, Senior Quant Strategist. JP, coming to you first and thinking about current events, is there anything interesting you observe in financial markets at the moment? Hello, Maya. A couple of things. It's, it's still we are living in a world where investors are closely monitoring inflation. And even in the recent inflation data that has come out, we see that inflation indeed is softening. But although the real question is, to, is this fast enough? Uh, central banks are increasingly suggesting that we reach the turning point in the battle against inflation, but also warning that higher rates for longer are likely to come to make sure the lid on inflation is sufficiently secured. If we look a little bit further out, so in China, we see small steps of stimulus have been announced recently as the economy is cooling and the property market is struggling quite a bit. But the interesting observation in amongst that is that actually investor sentiment, so how optimistic or pessimistic investors are, seems to be holding up quite well. So if you look at different indicators or if you, for example, look at stock market prices, we have seen they have been marching higher. Uh, so there is, in some sense, little room in prices to really absorb a slowing economy. Thanks, JP. And zooming out now and considering strategic asset allocation, can you explain what strategic asset allocation is and why it's relevant? Okay, that's a good question. So strategic asset allocation is how you partition up your portfolio. So there is to, to decide of how much to invest in each of the different assets or instruments you hold in your portfolio. So for example, how much of it have you invested in equities of how much have you invested in credit or bonds? That decision by itself of how you put together your investment portfolio will actually be one of the dominant decisions over longer periods of time. So if you would assess a portfolio after say five or seven years, the choice of how much to put in each of these assets is actually one of the most important decisions. And the reason to spread the risk across different assets is actually diversification. So diversification means spreading your risk and make sure you build in some resilience and not put all your eggs in one basket. And Paul, turning to you now, I appreciate the strategic asset allocation or SAA modelling is quite complex, especially just in words. If you had to condense the key steps into a bit of an elevator pitch, how would you explain that? Hello, Mike. For an elevator pitch, I would put it into four key steps. The first is expected returns. For, for our eight asset classes we use at Barclays, we need what we think the future returns from they will be. We call them in the industry capital market assumptions. Given those, the second step is to simulate future market returns 
out for a certain time horizon many times. So we, we see different types of possible futures. The third step is optimizing. So this is when we bring in computers to try different weights in, in the portfolio so that it comes up with the, the best. And in the sense where I say best is we take the client and we consider that negative returns are, are felt with more pain than positive gains. So we're, we're trying to downweight negative returns in our portfolio. And the fourth is that the optimizer is good, but it, we may get uh, portfolios which could be concentrated and we want to kind of make them more diversified. So we're spreading our risks around more evenly. Thank you. And that kind of takes down the extremes a bit, doesn't it? And how do you deal with volatility? We've seen in recent years bouts of volatility and in particular in bond markets. Paul, how does this affect the work that you're doing? So talk volatility, you're really talking about historical volatility, what we have seen. So what we're doing, we, we look beyond volatility and we're focusing on more potential portfolio values in the future. So say 12 months in the future, we do not know what the portfolio will be, but we have an idea, we have a range where it could be. So we're modeling that range, that uncertainty, rather than one single path through history. So at Barclays Wealth, we've just completed an SAA review and updated client portfolios accordingly. JP, how did the new outlook and what has happened in the investment backdrop impact the SAA? Yes, that's a good question, Maya. So, so if you look to the investment backdrop for the SAA, that looks vastly different compared to, for example, two or three years ago. So if we look at where deposit rates are, so cash interest rates, if we look where just interest rates are on government bonds, we see they are much higher than just a few years ago. Well, this will translate into higher returns on offer. So your expected returns, expected in the sense, the average of what you expect that to happen over uh, your forecast horizon has gone up. Previously, we did see that in strategic asset allocation outcomes, the weights increased in particular to higher risk assets because it was unattractive to invest in bonds. It was unattractive to hold holdings in cash. What we now see is a little bit the reverse. So we see allocations increased to short maturity bonds or cash-like products, and we see allocations increase to bond-like products out of the risky assets. So if I'm understanding you correctly, the lower risk assets therefore look more attractive on a relative basis. Is that right? That's indeed the case, Maya. So we see that if assets compete for different parts in, in the portfolio, it's all a relative competition of the attractiveness. And, and that's what the model actually is, is, is optimizing to. At the moment, we see lower risk assets have become more attractive. We see that cash interest rates have gone up. So at the moment, they're unusually high. And you also see that if you look, for example, to the yield curve, that's now inverted. So the yield curve is the different interest rates over different horizons, where now cash has a higher interest rates than, for example, five or 10-year government bonds. We see that the SEA is leaning more into bonds. So although that, of course, is from quite low levels, and we see that where appropriate the cash holdings go up, that contrast with reductions, for example, in commodities and the higher risk bonds, where we see that uh, the weights in portfolios go down. So we see a preference for lower risk assets at the expense of more higher risk assets. And to some extent is a little bit the reverse of what we have seen two years ago. It seems like a very interesting time. Paul, I'd love to come back to you now. You mentioned that a lot of work has gone into the strategic asset allocation and that it's not tailored to a specific future or outlook, but it should be able to weather many potential futures. How do you do that? First, we simulate many potential future paths 
for assets. Second, with the expected returns, we take an approach which recognizes their uncertainty. And third, instead of getting the exact forecast accurate, we focus on the modeling and combining assets in such a way that we should result in a robust portfolio that can be held for a multi-year period. Thank you, Paul. JP, to wrap up then, can you share any final points you would like to highlight about strategic asset allocation? Um, yes. So as, as, as Paul just mentioned, a lot of hard work goes into the strategic asset allocation and how we shape client portfolios strategically and how we make them robust to many different potential future outcomes. And that's actually a key part in the investment philosophy. So diversification and make sure there is resilience in portfolios. However, that does not mean that we ignore what's happening in the current investment backdrop and recent developments, as asset prices obviously will wax and wane. However, this is captured in the tactical asset allocation where we tilt these SEA weights slightly up and down to capture these short-term swings. Got you. Everything seems to come together. Thanks for that and thank you for the time today, JP and Paul. I know it's been a particularly busy time in the team with all the hard work leading up to the refresh. Listeners, thank you for joining us for another episode of Word on the Street. All investments can fall as well as rise in value and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.